Hi, Andy. Great to have Hi, you Giselle. on the show. Um, Great can to you be quickly? Here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, could you kind of introduce yourself a little bit to our audiences? Yes. So, so, so my name is Andy Yo, and I'm a songwriter and guitarist currently based in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just released my debut album. It's called Hapa Villa, and mm-hmm. it's named after the theme park in Singapore. And I work a lot with music that's uh, based on and contains a lot of improvisation. For example, my my album r- would probably be categorized as jazz to most mm-hmm. listeners, but I, I jump a lot creatively between different genres. For example, I, I've written a, a lot of electronic music and techno for dance companies. And I, I also sing in a post-punk band called, called Darkling. Cool. And some music, there's a lot of different things going on. Right. And on top of that, I also do like a lot of visual stuff. I usually do all the artwork for my d- different projects and some videos and animations and things like that. So you, as you mentioned, you're a guitarist with Singaporean and Swedish background, right? Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. when was like the last time you were back? And like, what are some of the key memories you had of being in Singapore? Like, did you come back for like long periods at a time? Or was it mostly like holidays kind of thing? Yeah, usually when when I go there, uh, I try to stay like a minimum of minimum of a month, and nice. more than that. So nice. anything less than that is it's not worth it. I feel. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's very yeah, long. So. I would say for like for Singapore because a lot of people think that it's like oh, yeah, just a three four day kind of place. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Because I know like a lot of my cousins when when they travel abroad, it's like so brief because they don't have that much. Mm-hmm. vacation but but as a kid in sweden you always used to have like two months for summer vacation ah, from school. I see. so we mm-hmm. always used to go and, and stay the full months nice uh, oh yeah cool so yeah I, I was i was back in 2018 last mm-hmm. so yeah and I, i've been wanting to go ever since but it's it's been hard for obvious reasons yeah i mean yeah. now it should be a little bit easier right yeah yeah, yeah definitely so um, yeah. Uh, hopefully i can go some sometime this year Hopefully. So, um, yeah. why the particular interest with Hopa Villa? Like, was it a place that you used to visit a lot? Yeah, like, like when I was a kid, we, we always used to go there. It's always been like some kind of like key location. Like every trip, we had to go to Hopa Villa. Oh, so it kind of kind of became like some kind of tradition, mm-hmm. and like still to this day, if I'm in Singapore, if I don't go there, the trip just doesn't feel complete. Wow. Somehow. Yeah. What is it so, about that place? Was it just like a, a ritual thing that you guys just always <clears throat> went there and you feel familiar with it? Or was it something about that park or like the, you know, culture or like the statues, the weird statues that really drew you guys to it? Yeah, I mean, nowadays I kind of maybe have a different view of it view mm-hmm. of it because I, I just think the park is so beautiful with all the hand-painted painted sculptures and some are really weird, but in a, in a yeah. really good way, I think. Yeah. And uh, it has such a beautiful atmosphere. And uh, and um, But when I was a kid, I have really vivid me- memories of going there and there used to be like a, an acrobatic show in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Really, really, strong, really strong memories of that. And, you know, there were, were like, characters from all the Chinese legends walking around in costumes and you could take pictures with them. And, wow. And I, I really used to love like the Monkey King and things like that. Yep. So so yeah, I, I just have a lot of strong memories and, and it, it's kind of like some kind of grounding thing like going to Singapore. I always have to go there. It's like some kind of anchor in a way. And Oh, yeah. I see. Cool. Yeah, somehow. that's really interesting. I 
as in, I didn't know that they used to have like those um like acrobats and all those things happening. But um, yeah. I'm curious to know as well, like, because you mentioned that you've, you know, these songs have come about across like a 10 year span and mm-hmm. you've been involved in lots of different projects um, during this time as well, right? So mm-hmm. can you um, share a little bit about like how you started to become, to get into like the music industry or like the creative industry? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I remember since... When I was quite young, I saw, I saw the movie The Crow on TV. Do you know mm-hmm. which movie it is? With is it Daniel the scary Lee. one? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit scary, like quite okay. goth. And I quite think I've, I've heard of it, but I've not watched it. Yeah, so like I was, I always watched Bruce Lee movies since I was mm-hmm. really young because my, my dad's like a martial artist, so it was oh, what wow. was offered in the house. So, so we always used to watch Bruce Lee movies. So, so from that, I kind of found out about The Crow because it's his son who plays the main character. Mm-hmm. And there's this amazing scene in that movie where he's like playing electric guitar on like a burning rooftop. And it's, it's just amazing. So mm-hmm. from that moment, moment on, I, I wanted to play guitar. And wow. uh, then it kind of took a few years before mm-hmm. I really started playing guitar. I, I played violin for a few years and played mm-hmm. some drums. And, but then I really started getting more into guitar and, and, that type of thing cool so basically like even how you started getting into music is very inspired and influenced by your heritage as well because like mm, bruce definitely. lee is a cultural icon right definitely yeah wow I think, but, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think yes because um yeah as i said like my, my dad's a martial artist as well so i think also from martial arts there's a lot from from that that kind of spilled over into many like many aspects of my life, like mm-hmm. like the music and like how I practice and like the discipline and and uh, something about like dedica- dedicating dedicating right. your life to something and and uh, yeah. Cool. That's like a, that. a really interesting combination. So did your dad teach yeah. you martial arts when you? Yeah, it's like uh, I, since I was really young, we we started practicing martial arts. Arts. Mm-hmm. It was actually like the way we played at home. It was like mm-hmm. through sparring. martial arts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sparring and and, and pads and, and everything. Cool. Yeah. What kind of martial arts does he do? Or like does he do all kinds? It's he's a Taekwondo grandmaster. Oh so so he, he came to Sweden in, in the late seventies to teach and uh, from there on my, my mom started training and uh, yeah. Ah uh, the rest is history. history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Mm-hmm. So he's Singaporean. He's Singaporean. Exactly. Ah, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's such a cool like concept, and I can totally see how, um, you know, your culture is really ingrained into your music in mm. in such a way. Um, would you say that it's rare to find musicians such as yourself in Sweden as well who have this kind of background, who's making this kind of music? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think maybe it is. Uh, uh, I definitely feel that there's something unique about, like my mix of culture and the style mm. I I play. I think, cool. and uh, also I do I do like have some some kind of plans in in the future to like maybe do it even take it even further further. Mm. For example, I've become really inspired by like Beijing opera and the mm. per- percussion they use. Mm. And I, I love those rhythms. So I want to like incorporate that somehow. And also I, I have an uncle who sings 
really good. And he, he sings a lot in Mandarin. He's like, oh, he nice. does a lot of busking in Singapore. And I, okay. I want to try to, to like, that's to really like cool. Get him into the music song. Yeah. Awesome. That you must have like a very like um creative family. I feel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I and I can definitely tell from like I really enjoyed reading the stories about each of the songs as well. Like you shared a lot mm-hmm. about that on your Instagram and stuff. Um, can you share a little bit with our listeners? Like, what is your favorite song on the album and mm-hmm. like the story mm-hmm. behind it? Yeah. So. Uh, I think it can be kind of hard to choose because, because it it can depend on the day and my mood. But if I have mm-hmm. to choose, uh, I think I'd say uh, maybe Snake Eyes because it's, mm-hmm. it's a song that I really love to play. Mm-hmm. And it's a track that, that I dedicated to my dad, actually. And the title refers to us both being born in the year of the snake. Uh, my dad in 1953 and uh, me in 89. And... Uh, yeah, I guess, I, I don't know what it's like for you, but sometimes I just ref- reflect on like, because being from two cultures, I can some sometimes kind of see how like different cultures kind of show affection to each other. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe some of my Swedish friends and and in some other cultures, I know that, that people are kind of more verbal with their affection and, and kind of really physical, but I feel like uh, maybe in Asia and Singapore, there are other ways that, that you should show affection, like with actions and how you like you take care of each other in, in other ways. Mm. And I feel like my, my dad, ha- dad has really always been there for me and been, been really important in my life. And like still t- to this day, I mean, I'm a grown man, but he'll still come knocking on, on my door with like cabbage and tofu because he knows, but it's what I love to eat. So, Aww. so yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, he's. He's just, he just always goes out, out, out of his way to make my life easier. Like, even if I try to say I don't need his help, he'll be there for me. So, mm-hmm. so I guess this was kind of my, my way to try to show gratitude and affection to him. Cause it's, yeah, it can be really hard to, to express mm. those, those things, if, even to the people who are, are the closest. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think um different, as you mentioned, like different cultures show affection in different ways. And I feel mm. like in Singapore, it's not very, um, or in Asian culture, you know, it's very uh subtle. Like you, there are very yeah. few families that will say, "Oh, hey, I love you, man," and like give you a hug or whatever. You know, it's more about like, yeah, "Oh, have you have you eaten yet?" Or like giving you your exactly, favorite food exactly. until you tell them, "I don't want to eat this anymore." You know, that kind of thing. So that's really exactly. beautiful. Yeah, that that yeah. you have that connection with your dad, and you wanted to put it into a song. Yeah, and you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that your. Instagram handle is Hokkien Snake, which I find mm-hmm. very interesting because I I'm guessing mm-hmm. Snake is because you're born in the year of the snake, exactly, and exactly. and is your father Hokkien? Like, do you yeah, know yeah, <laughs> ah, nice, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. That's really as in I I found that really interesting because uh you know usually the West um people don't really go down to like the nitty gritty of like your mm. your heritage and like mm-hmm. for myself like I actually grew up in Australia. But mm-hmm. when it was only when I came back and started living in Singapore that I started delving a little bit more into um, not just me as a Singaporean, my identity as a Singaporean, but mm-hmm. like my identity as a Hokkien person because my family is also Hokkien. Oh, because okay. sometimes my, you know, people would tell me like, oh, you know, like you eat so Hokkien, like <laughs> your your taste is so Hokkien. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I'm not really sure, you know? So then... Yeah. I I found it really interesting that you know it seems like it's a very big 
part of your identity. So um, I just wanted to ask a little bit more about that. Like what role has yeah. Hokkien culture played in your life? Yeah, I guess I, I do feel some kind of, yeah, like pride to to be part of this kind of culture in a way, like in, in mm. a wholesome way, I guess. And uh, um, yeah, and, and I do think like Hock, like the Hokkien culture and Hokkien vibe is something unique and something special. Mm. Mm. And uh, yeah, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, it's very intangible, though. Like, I, I feel like mm. it was very hard for me to grasp, like, what it actually means to be Hokkien. Yeah. Whereas I like, think... Like, what would like, you say are some key, like, key elements of, of it? Do you speak Hokkien? Um, a little bit, because my grandfather <laughs> can't speak tampo. English. Yeah, tampo, tampo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a very good question. I don't know. Like you can think about that too, because I, I yeah. for me, it's like there's there is something though. I feel yeah. Like I mean, it started for me because like my auntie was asking me like, oh, she was telling me as I mentioned like mm. you're very Hokkien in the way you eat, and she said, mm-hmm. I said, why is that? And then she said, oh, because you like to put a lot of like sauce like in your food, like in your rice, like mm. you can't have food mm. with oh, yeah, rice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. So she told me that. Exactly. And then she yeah. told me that, like, you know, sub- certain people, like, for example, if you're Puranakan or something, then you like to have yeah. your food another way. Um, yeah. Like, like, and you like all those different, like, spices and things like that, which I don't really like. Actually, mm. I'm also, like, a quarter Puranakan, but I, I'm i not, okay. I think I'm more Hokkien in the way I eat, according to her. Yeah. 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 And then, I guess it's, it's really about, like, just bits and pieces that my family mm. tell me. So, like, sometimes mm. they'll... Um, just share a little bit. Oh, like, you know, this is just what we do, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So exactly. I can so, definitely relate, relate. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Especially the thing with the, the sauce in the rice. Is, is yeah. I love sauce in my rice. As much as <laughs> Everyone possible. else is like, always oh, keeps commenting when I eat. Wait. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. I, yeah. Do yeah. So yeah. I think maybe food is a very important differentiator definitely. because definitely like for people who are Cantonese, people who are Hakka, mm. they all have like different mm. kinds of food. But I mean, yeah. I don't really talk about this with people a lot. So I don't yeah. know if my, if my observations are accurate. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I think, I think they are, especially because it's your, it's your kind of, how you perceive it so i think mm-hmm. so and, and also one, one thing that, that i maybe reflect on reflect on sometimes is, is because and why it's so important to me is because like being a child of two cultures mm-hmm. like uh, i think a lot of bicultural people have this kind of strange feeling of on the one hand you feel like you're really part of both exactly. but at the same time like when i go to singapore people always ask me where i'm from because i don't really look like yeah. super singaporean and when yeah. i'm in sweden people will ask me the same thing because i mm. don't really look sweden swedish yeah. so so yeah. at the same time you kind of feel like you don't really belong anywhere like you're, you're kind of your own thing and you're exactly you always have to navigate this you have to nav- navigate this kind of identity search in a way exactly uh, and i always felt like my asian and singaporean heritage was uh, like a big part of me so mm. i guess i was always drawn to that and kind of had had, had to like find little ways to to nourish that part and kind of keep it alive Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess yeah. it's like maybe a little bit tiring as well. Like you have to keep <laughs> explaining yourself when that is your identity. Like it's what you, mm. you know, resonate with the most. And I can mm. totally relate because like basically the show Everywhere and Nowhere is titled as such because of my heritage, like as a third mm. culture kid. Like I feel like 
I'm everywhere, but I'm also like mm. nowhere at the same time. But I guess for yeah. me, because I look clearly Asian, so like when <laughs> I'm in Australia, like people um do some of them they can tell that I'm you know I have an accent, so they're like, oh, you yeah. know, are you from Singapore? Are you from wherever? And I'm like, you know what? I live I've lived here for like over half my life. Like yes, just mm. just because I have an accent doesn't mean that I am not like a really like I don't have significant experiences in this country and then mm. moving back to Singapore as well like I feel it's the other way around like because I do have like family yeah. here so they'll uh, very immediately assume that I know a lot about Singapore and just be like oh why don't you know this why don't you know that I'm like well I just came yeah. back you know <laughs> you know exactly, so it's exactly. yeah it's same it's different but the same yeah so yeah, I really can, can, yeah. yeah I really relate to so you mentioned that you haven't been back to Singapore like for quite a while now, um, mm. guessing obviously because of COVID and stuff. But yeah. the next time that you're back in Singapore, like what would you say is like the number one thing that you would like to do? And what is the number one yeah. thing that you want to eat? <laughs> There's so much. I don't know where to begin. But, okay, you can uh... give a couple. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a okay, couple. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 um, oh, really sad that they're tearing down timing, timing halt. Uh, mm. I think at the moment. So, yeah. so our grandma used to have an apartment there, but it got relocated to Queenstown now. So we kind of have a place there. And so I'm really looking forward to, to checking that place out and, mm-hmm. and see what that's like. So I'm looking forward to that. And also, uh, I've been, I've been like vegan for, for like 16 years. So there's yeah. like so much Singaporean food that, that I've been missing. Uh huh. Like, Yes, uh, it's like definitely. traditional Singapore food, but but now there's there are a lot of vegan and vegetarian restaurants opening opening up. I I mm-hmm. noticed so, yeah, I definitely look forward to having like like some vegan fishball noodles or meat. Pot ah, or, nice. Yeah, or some laksa. I know the Green Dot has a pretty good laksa. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to going with my girlfriend as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, like showing her all my favorite places, showing her Haparilla, of course. Yes, of course. And, <laughs> And she's she's half Korean, so we're probably gonna do like some kind of little Asian tour. tour uh, yeah, so cool. I think that's it for our time today. Thank you so much, Andy, for sharing Thank you know you. your story with us. I'm so happy that we got this chance to catch up. Yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to share with our listeners, or you know, plug your socials or anything like that? Yeah, my my Instagram is Hawking Snake, as we said. So uh, you should keep keep uh, people updated there and yeah i think and my album is called hapa villa it's on all streaming platforms and so on so uh, it's been great being here thank you for having me thank you andy uh, good to 